violence with these uh, horrific atrocities that the junta has carried out, uh, there can be no business as usual with this uh, regime. The execution of four democracy activists, Jimmy Jomen Yu, Piu Zeyadaw, La Men Ong, and Ong Thia Zhou, by Myanmar's military junta has received widespread international condemnation. The United States said Monday that all options were on the table as it considered its response. The four men were sentenced to death in closed-door trials in January and April. They were accused of carrying out terror acts against the army that seized power in a coup last year, which unleashed a bloody crackdown on its opponents. Self-exiled journalist Ong Nang So says the international community needs to take action. Many people are like, uh, uh, how to say, frustrated with frustrated on the action of the international community. It's just wars, you know. It's like, oh, we will do this, we worry, we did that, blah, 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 you know. It's nothing in action, you know. If there is anything in action, such kind of execution would not happen. Amnesty International's Chiara San Giorgio said the executions were an enormous setback and called for increased efforts to put accountability mechanisms in place. We have seen uh, again and again uh, through the developments and the appalling human rights record of the uh, military authorities in Myanmar uh, since uh, February 2021 uh, that uh, the more space um, they're left with, uh, the more they tend to escalate. And, uh, uh, and the death penalty um, with the uh, more than 100 death sentences being imposed uh, by military tribunals uh, in deeply unfair proceedings is a clear example of uh, uh, what they are capable of and, that the, and the, uh, of the fact that they're not going to stop there. Tom Andrews is the UN Special Rapporteur on the human rights situation in Myanmar. I am afraid that um, even more floodgates are now uh, opening and that there is even going to be uh, less less restraint on the part of the junta to um, continue its its attacks on the people of Myanmar and to try to instill um, fear, even more fear in the population. Andrew says that with 140 people on death row, the executions, Myanmar's first in decades, indicates that the junta intends to carry out those sentences. A spokesperson for the junta last month defended the death penalty, saying it was justified and used in many countries. And that clip was a clip related to our topic today from Reuters. Welcome to Sojourner True. Thank you for staying with us. This is your host, Margaret Prescott. Today, we bring you an update on the crisis of the violent military occupation of Myanmar, formerly known as Burma. Earlier this week, the military occupiers of Myanmar executed four human rights campaigners. Uh, they were found guilty in secret trials. There was a military coup in Myanmar carried out on February 1st, 2021. People responded with peaceful protests with garment workers, the majority of whom are women, at the forefront of the protests. The military responded by killing thousands and many more have been arrested and rape and torture happen while they are in custody. Many may recall that the military in an earlier operation committed genocide and other atrocities against the Rohingya people. Other lesser known ethnic groups were also attacked and brutalized. Hundreds of thousands were forced to flee their homes. In this round of conflict, 
thousands have also been forced to flee, including the tribal Karen people, many of whom have had to flee into the forests with their children. International outrage is growing, in part as a result of the recent executions, but also a global campaign has been launched against fashion brands still doing business in Myanmar, despite a call from trade unions in Myanmar for fashion brands to pull out and to pull out in a way that ensures transparency and that compensation be paid to workers and that they contribute humanitarian aid to the people in Myanmar. Well-known brands in the United States still doing business in Myanmar include Adidas, Guess, H&M, and Zara. Wages of garment workers are approximately 250 cents a day. Those of you who shop for these items and in these stores, we have to pay attention. There's a bill in the U.S. Congress now called the Burma Act calling for sanctions against uh, the mili Myanmar military as well as for humanitarian aid to the people. The bill is now held up in the U.S. Senate. However, the bill does not call for companies based in the U.S. to pull out of Myanmar, but there is a grassroots movement that's growing, demanding that they pull out. Many companies that have pulled out of the Ukraine in protest of the Russian invasion of that country nevertheless have remained in Myanmar. Under the banner, Myanmar military, never in fashion, a series of protests have been held in London, England against brands, including Pimark, who are still doing business in Myanmar. Our guests today are Kang Zain-un. Zaru, president of the Industrial Workers Federation of Myanmar, and Laura Watson of Myanmar Military Never in Fashion and the Global Women's Strike. We live in a global world. We're all interrelated, so on Sojourner Truth. We work to bring directly to you news and views on local, national, and international policies and stories that affect us all. And we draw out how those of us most impacted, women, communities of color, and other communities are responding. We also discuss the interrelationship between art and politics. Now for our news headlines. For Pacifica Radio, I'm Christina Onestead. The Federal Reserve is expected to increase interest rates today for the second time in recent weeks in an effort to stymie inflation, though critics like Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren have warned increased interest rates and a slowing economy could trigger a recession. Mary Sherman has more. Two negative quarters of GDP growth is not uh, the technical definition of recession. As the White House braces for a potentially dour economic report, National Economic Advisor Brian Deese told reporters the nation's fiscal stability is measured by more than GDP and inflation. The most important question economically is whether working people and middle class families have more breathing room, they have more job opportunities, their wages are going up in a stable way, and they're able to afford important things in their lives. New GDP numbers will be released tomorrow, which analysts predict will be negative for the second quarter in a row. On Tuesday, new data revealed consumer confidence fell in July to the lowest level since February 2021. For Pacifica Network and Public News Service, I'm Mary Sherman. 
Former President Donald Trump returned to Washington Tuesday for the first time since leaving office. He delivered a speech repeating the false claim that he won the 2020 presidential election and teased a possible presidential campaign in 2024. Eileen Alfandari reports. Former President Donald Trump sprinkled his hour-and-a-half-long speech with references to the 2020 presidential election. He repeated the lie that he really won and teased the possibility that he'll run again in 2024. I always say I ran the first time and I won. Then I ran a second time and I did much better. We got millions and millions more votes. And you know what? That's going to be a story for a long time. What a disgrace it was. But... We may just have to do it again. Trump denounced the January 6th committee, which has been building the case that he was responsible for assembling and dispatching the mob that attacked the Capitol to prevent certification of Joe Biden's win. Now we have the January 6th unselect committee of political hacks and thugs. Trump addressed a summit organized by a group of former White House officials and cabinet members who've been crafting an agenda for a possible second Trump administration. Hours earlier, former Vice President Mike Pence addressed a conservative student group. He said the Republican Party must look to the future. It was a contrast to Trump's message, but Pence turned aside a question about their differences. I don't know that our movement is that divided. I'm Eileen Alfandari for Pacifica Radio. A man who attacked police officers with poles during the Capitol siege has been sentenced to more than five years in prison. It's the longest prison term so far among hundreds of Capitol riot prosecutions. More than 200 other Trump supporters who stormed the Capitol on January 6th have been sentenced so far. 800 face prosecutions. Democrats on the House Oversight Committee are expected to grill the CEOs of firearm manufacturers today during a congressional panel on gun violence. The topic of the hearing is the gun industry's role on the nation's epidemic of gun violence. It comes after a series of mass shootings, including in Highland Park, Illinois, Uvalde, Texas, Buffalo, New York, and Laguna Woods, California. The Gun Violence Archive reports more than 25,000 gun violence deaths and 371 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this year. President Biden plans to speak with Chinese President Xi Jinping Thursday amidst new tensions between Washington, D.C. and Beijing over China's claims to Taiwan. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi reportedly plans to visit the island which governs itself, even though China considers it a part of its territory. U.S. military officials say they will beef up military presence in and around the region should she take that trip. The Biden administration is weighing whether to declare a monkeypox as a public health emergency. This comes days after the World Health Organization director made the declaration Monday. Here's Dr. Anthony Fauci. There are now over 80 countries throughout the world who have cases, more than 16,000 cases in non-endemic countries. So this is something we're taking very seriously. Impacted cities like San Francisco have decried the federal government's response so far to the monkeypox outbreak in the U.S.
A woman in Texas was denied abortion access despite carrying a dying fetus in line with Texas's abortion ban that severely curtails abortion access. Another woman in Texas was forced to carry her dead fetus for two weeks after she miscarried due to Texas's abortion ban. It's one of many repercussions in a post-Roe world since the Supreme Court overturned the landmark abortion rights ruling Roe v. Wade. A sexual assault survivor told the Associated Press she was opting for sterilization, so if she were to be raped again, she wouldn't be forced to give birth to a rapist child. Amnesty International says the Taliban's suffocating crackdown on the rights of Afghan women and girls is destroying their lives. The London-based watchdog said in a new report that since the Taliban took control of the country nearly a year ago, they violated women's and girls' rights. They've banned girls from attending school from seventh grade, imposed all covering dresses that leaves only the eyes visible, and restricted women's access to work. I'm Christina Onestead, reporting for Pacifica Radio. Right. And this is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. Today, we focus on the crisis in Myanmar. Uh, The Myanmar military junta has executed four activists who have been campaigning for their their democracy and against the military occupation. This is the same army which repressed ethnic groups for decades and carried out the genocide of the Rohingya people, forcing hundreds of thousands into exile. Women workers and trade union leaders in the garment industry were among the first to oppose the coup, and thousands have been killed, arrested, and tortured. the thousands more have been detained and and some have been raped. As of June 10th, 2022, the Assistance Association for Political Prisoners, AAPP, recorded that 1,929 people had been killed by the junta since the coup, while more than 11,000 people were under detention. Now, mega fast fashion corporations are failing to protect garment workers in Myanmar's supply chain. The majority of of the workers are women and women identified um, with labor and human rights violations surging across the country since the military coup in February 2021. According to a new report compiled by the Business and Human Rights Resource Center, an international NGO that tracks the human rights impacts of uh, companies. The study um, was released this past Tuesday, and we'll be hearing more about that uh, during the hour. Now, U.S. companies, as I mentioned, you Uh, companies that are based in the U.S., they're international, but they're based in the U.S. that are still doing business in Myanmar, include Adidas, Guess, H&M, and Zara. And as I said in the intro, keep in mind that the wages of garment workers are approximately $250 a week. Now, there is a growing grassroots uh, movement calling for these fashion brands to pull out of Myanmar under the banner, Myanmar Military Never in Fashion. A series of protests have been held in London, England against these brands, including Pimark, which may not be a brand uh, familiar uh, to uh, uh, some of our listeners in some of the cities across the US, um, but very much uh, based there. 
what we're going to do now, we are going to go to hear some of the voices who participated in the protests that took place recently in London, England. Let's go to that clip right now. Today we are here outside H&M, Zara and Primark and other brands who are still operating in Myanmar. Despite the military coup in February 2021. We're supporting calls from the trade unions in Myanmar, including garment workers, who we've been working with on this issue. And <laughs> women, starting with garment workers, have been most prominent in the movement against the military. And we have been outraged and extremely worried at the repression, murder, bombing, torture that the military has been doing. And that yet again here was another coup allowed to go ahead with the governments of the world doing little or nothing. The same army that repressed ethnic groups for decades carried out the genocide against the Rohingya people, forcing hundreds of thousands into exile. And now have officially forced one million people in Myanmar to have to flee their homes and hide in the jungle while their villages are being
one never gets away. Wherever they are, we're going to be following Zara and the others. And I was a trade unionist for 40 years. And I have to say, I'm amazed at the bravery and tenacity of the trade unionists and the women who are fighting the military in Myanmar. And we stand with them because people like this are ripping them off and ripping us off as well. And I wanted to say, you know, Zara, its profits in one year were over three billion dollars. Three billion. And if you go to H&M, theirs were over a billion. And if you go to Primark, theirs were over a billion. And let me say right now, this coup and this military operation is all about money and greed. And it's their greed as well as the military. This is an employer's coup. And you know what the minimum wage is in Myanmar, and this tells you what the coup is about and why Zara is not leaving. The minimum wage is $2.50, not an hour, a day. That's what they're after. And when you buy clothes from these people, and this didn't happen just with the coup. It got worse for with the coup. More people was, were driven down into the minimum wage. But even before that, you were being ripped off. They're making money off the backs, blood, sweat, and tears of the women who work in those factories. And there's nothing now to protect them but us in a certain way. They're fighting back in every way they can, but they need the international community, you and me and all of us, to stand up as we have seen people stand up and be against the war in the Ukraine. And we call on refuseniks in Russia and refuseniks in the Ukraine. We're opposed to that war because it's sucking everybody's wealth and we are getting poorer, all of us are getting poorer. And the people in Myanmar are also getting poorer by this coup and being supported by these people who, by the way, have pulled out of Russia. And we say we are going to stand with the people of Myanmar and with those women from those factories and those trade unions who have been fighting non-stop. We're in the leadership of the movement against the coup. We stand with them now. We stand them with them to the end of this coup. We call solidarity, and we're going to be working on their behalf. This being, this whole military coup being about money. Them stealing money from people in Myanmar and stealing money from us here and it's an employer's coup and it was done by Primark and all of these fashion brands among others.
And I want to know, watch your back. Like it. Watch your back. Watch your back. He works for Primark. Yeah, right. He works for Primark, yeah. <laughs> and as I said, Primark's pre-tax profits last year were 1.3 billion. That's what they made. But I wanted to make another point to personalize this in some way and to point out that the CEO of Primark made nine million pound dollars last year. An individual, while the women in Myanmar were making $2.50 an hour, not an hour, sorry, a day, he made nine million. And that's only the beginning of what he made. That was his straight pay. Now if you go to Inditex, Zara, the guy made $11 million, and if you go to H&M, the CEO they doesn't even publicize his pay, but he made 608 million pounds, 608 million pounds on the stocks that he owns in Primark and his total wealth is 1.3 billion. And I ask you to contra contrast that with $2.50 a day. This is a murderous ripoff of everybody. And we're here to make sure that uh, people are aware that uh, companies like Primark, uh, Zara, Guess, H&M are supporting murderous, genocidal dictatorships in places like my own birth country of Burma or Myanmar. I am British here, but I came from uh, Burma, where the regime, the military regime, had committed a full-scale textbook example of genocide against Muslim Rohingya minority. You know, genocide simply means destruction of an entire community because of their faith, creed, race, or nationality. And Primark's business partner in Burma is a genocidal military regime. And after having slaughtered and destroyed the lives of an upward of about two million Rohingya Muslims, the Burmese military turn on its own Buddhist society. And in the last 15 months since the coup in February 2021, the military had summarily executed or otherwise slaughtered 1,800 students, workers, trade unionists on the streets of major cities for simply protesting peacefully for the return of civilian rule, the kind of civilian rule we have in Britain. Murder! They've also locked up about 20,000 men, women, elderly people and held hostage of family members of political dissidents when the dissidents found 
their way to safety across the border in Thailand, India, and Bangladesh. I call on you to boycott, that is, to not buy anything, to not do business with corporations like Prima. That is financing. That has blood on their hands. The blood of innocent men, women, children, and elderly people around the world. Of course, I'm speaking as a Burmese, and so I appreciate the solidarity that you may show towards the Burmese people struggling to end the military dictatorship. My name's Jay, I'm from a campaign called No, no Sweat. We've joined forces with the Global Women's Strike to develop this campaign called Myanmar Military Never in Fashion. It's a coalition of about 200 organizations from over 20 countries around the world that are standing in solidarity with the workers of Myanmar. Last year, in August, Two of the biggest trade unions in Myanmar put out a call for international brands to cease production. As you've heard, the situation in Myanmar is devastating. The military coup is causing absolute horror for the people of that country. And the workers have reached the point where they feel that it is impossible for them to continue operating business as usual. The brands can't do any, any due diligence. The trade unions have been outlawed. In some cases, they've been labelled terrorists. They have called on us to stand together with them and call on the big brands like Primark to withdraw. But we don't want anyone to cut and run. We don't want people to suffer worse, more than they are already. Primark and the other international brands have the financial power to protect their workers by ceasing production. We have remember something called furlough that happened under the uh, pandemic just a few years ago. It is possible for the international brands to come together and furlough their Burmese workers without infringing a fraction of their billion dollar profits. It would cost in the millions and it would help save lives and put pressure on the Myanmar military to step down from the actions they've been taking and, put re and help restore democracy. There is a responsibility of the brands to do right by their workers. And by doing right by their workers, is, in this instance, is, involves a humanitarian effort. They need to put their money where their mouths are, withdraw their production, and put pressure on the military to step down. He can start with his nine million pounds. He can start with his nine million pounds, exactly. So here we are today at one of the flagship stores of Primark. And we call on any executives that might be on the top floors up here to come down and speak with us. We're not against you, we want to work with you to help protect the workers of Myanmar. So come and have a conversation. Because if you down. won't speak to us today, we will keep coming back. We will keep the pressure on. We will keep hassling you on social media. We will keep writing statements. We will keep building our campaign until you do the decent thing and put people before profit and actually stand up to the code of conduct that you've developed. No military, no fashion in Myanmar. All righty, there you heard that was some grassroots street action, a protest that happened in the street uh, demanding that fashion brands pull out of 
Marin Mar. And the voices you heard first was actually one of our guests today, uh, Laura Watson, um, who is with the campaign demanding um, uh, Marin Mar military never in fashion. Also, Sam Weinstein, who was a trade unionist in the United States. He's now based in uh, London, England, speaking out in support. You also heard from uh, Mauj uh, Zarni, who is with the Renewal South East Asia and Free Rohingya Coalition. And the last voice you heard was Jay Kerr, who is with No Sweat and No Sweat, along with the Global Women's Strike. They coordinate this campaign um, Myanmar military never in fashion. We're going to take a short station break and then when we return, we have two guests that will be joining us to go into more detail about what is happening on the ground now, how the movement is responding and the response also from the military and the international community. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Abba, money, money, money in a rich man's world. This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. If you're a member of Facebook, you can like and friend us there. Our handle on Instagram and Twitter at So True Radio. We're also heard nationwide and worldwide on SoundCloud. And today we'd like to give a shout out to our SoundCloud listeners in the state of New Jersey. And internationally, we would like to give a shout out to our SoundCloud listeners in the UK. We are doing an in-depth show today on the crisis that is the military coup that has taken place in Myanmar. Uh, four human rights campaigners were recently executed. Uh, thousands have been killed, tortured, raped. People are, are forced to flee their homes and uh, so much more. I'd like to welcome our two guests that will be with us for the rest of the hour. I'd like to welcome Kang Zar Un, who is a labor union president of the Industrial Workers Federation of Myanmar. Kang, thank you for joining us. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Okay, I'd also like to welcome Laura Watson, who is with the um, military, Myanmar military never in fashion uh, campaign. She is with a global women's strike uh, and she's based in London, England. Uh, Laura, welcome. Thank you very much for having us. Okay, so Kang, we're gonna start with you. Just a horrific situation happening there, but to give our listeners a sense, and by the way, it is $250 a day. So, well, that's still pretty horrific. But Kang, you worked as a garment worker. Give our listeners just a sense of what your workday was like and the conditions under which you worked when you were a garment worker, Kang. Yes. Um, yes, I was a, a garment worker and I started working in a factory at my age 16 years old. 
So at, at that time, I have to leave home by 6 a.m. Uh, to start walking at 7.30. And I finish my walk at uh, 10 p.m. And I arrive back home at 11.30. And I have to walk seven days a week. And uh, no day off. In a, in one day off in a month only after BD. But uh, we did not have, I did not have a day, day, day off after BD because um, the, emperor, the supervisor always told us the orders are important to be shifted. That's why uh, we did not have a day off sometimes, even in a month. And even I have to walk very long walking hour, no, no day off in a month. I only could earn ten dollar per month at the time. Ten dollar at the time is not enough even for one woman, because uh, we to work in the garment factory. I have to get a uh, rent to stay, so I have to pay like three three dollar for a space for one mat to sleep. So. Um, the rest of the money you see, we have to pay for the water base and other. So really it was a disaster, uh, difficult to survive, even uh, for the one person with that very small amount of money. And uh, workers who want to support back to the family, we only have to eat uh, blind vegetable. We, we women workers could not buy even the under, enough underwear. We have uh, the heart problem because we didn't, since we did not have uh, enough the underwear, we, we have um, a hygiene problem, you know? So that was uh, how I passed in, in my garment worker life. I have seen it in the workplace yeah. also, yeah. Yeah, just just uh, yeah, just horrific conditions. Um, but tell us now about because you went back, you left for a while the country, then you returned out of the country doing organizing as a trade unionist, and you were able to win some rights as a trade unionist. Tell us about that and how that has now shifted, how the rights that you were able to win are now being undermined by this uh, military junta, Kang. Yes, um, you know, I joined trade union in Azai, at Thang Bama border in 2007. So we, we did underground movement uh, for the worker rights and trade union rights and uh, democracy movement. So we could return to Myanmar in 2012, November. Then uh, we have, uh, we organize workers, we educate the workers, we fought, fought for our rights. We formed the trade unions in uh, Sada. And uh, when we could brought to the workers, in 2015, we have, we won the first minimum wage for the workers. It was, $3.6 per day. You know, at the time, the workers earning, workers are earning 0 0.50 cents per day. So we won five times, at least six times 
of the basic salary at the time in 2015. And uh, before the worker did not have a day off in a week, but uh, we made sure worker have a big day off in a week. And also workers used to pay social security uh, benefit, social security fee, but they have never got the benefit. But we make sure workers have a social security benefit, including maternity, maternity leave. And uh, maternity leave is uh, six, week, six weeks uh, before giving birth, eight weeks after uh, giving birth. And then uh, we make sure the women pregnant uh, workers get the cash benefit for giving birth. And also leave in holiday. In Myanmar, workers did not get the pay leave, but we make sure workers have a pay leave of the casual leave or annual leave, medical leave. So that we, we brought the workers. And um, since the workers, the, the trade unions we could form at the workplace, we make sure the overtime, the factory call overtime according to the law, meaning uh, only 16 hours a week before we have to work over 100 overtime in a week, right. in a, in a month. So we make sure workers, uh, uh, workers have a right to say we don't want to do to work overtime. So all these things uh, we fought for, so we, we win in the, right. in the eight years before the coup. Right, and I, I would like you to talk a, a bit about the conditions uh, since the coup. But I'd like to uh, first go to Laura Watson and bring you into this discussion because you are part of this campaign um, very much in the UK now, but uh, you're hoping for global support, including in the United States, about uh, Myanmar military never in fashion. Uh, tell us what is that campaign and who are supporters? What level of support uh, you're getting and um, what are your demands? Um, yes, of course. Yes. Hi, thank you. Um, well, the, the campaign um, uh, was launched uh, with a, a statement in support of the uh, trade union and organization, civil society organizations call um, for um, uh, comprehensive economic sanctions, basically, which includes um, the fashion brands to cease production in Myanmar um, and uh, implement a responsible exit. Um, we did a statement which we gathered um, support of over 200 organizations um, from over 20 countries, uh, which includes um, trade unionists from all over civil society organizations. So for, for example, here in the UK, um, uh, supported by um, all, all of the major trade unions, um, the Trade Union Congress, um, um, it's supported by global trade unions, industrial and ITUC. Um, in the US, there are many organizations supporting trade unions, the AFL-CIO, Solidarity Center are supporting the campaign. So there, there is a lot of support for 
this call and for the call that the the trade union movement and grassroots um the labor myanmar alliance um uh in in myanmar are are calling for and we we're a women's organization obviously the global women's strike um so it was our responsibility to make visible women's opposition uh to the military and to the coup um and we wanted to support the resilient and courageous movement um and this includes obviously garment workers who as you heard from our protest um outside the the shops were the first to uh, oppose the coup um in february 2021 and are obviously uh, remain central to the civil disobedience movement um in Myanmar, which is absolutely massive. Um, and, you know, even now there are, you know, just to give you an idea, there's 400,000 civil servants on strike still now. Um, there's, there, there are still uh, a protest. There were, there were protests, you know, we would destroy and we're completely outraged about the executions of the four political prisoners and, um, have been horrified at the repression and the the killings um, since since last year. Um, since the executions, there have been flash protests in Yangon and also in other places in Myanmar. Um, and the, in the prison where they were killed, the the, the other prisoners rioted uh, in response. Um, you know they were the protesters there are are risking their lives protesting um um in bangkok 500 people were protesting outside the embassy and there were protests from what we know of in new york and in london and also in germany as well and i'm i'm sure there were more that we just don't know about so um there there's there's lots of things going on. There's there's a, a an international grassroots movement in in support of, of Myanmar, but it's just so outrageous that there's another here's another coup um, allowed to happen, and the governments of the world are doing little or nothing to stop, prevent what's happening, and and are just allowing it to continue and giving credibility in some ways to the the Myanmar government so we are supporting the call for comprehensive sanctions and saying that you know you can't you 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 can't give credibility to this this regime who is you know the same military who's actually facing a trial of genocide um at the international court of justice um for the genocide of the Rohingya people. This is this is the same military and have now, as as you heard, turned on their own people and yeah. um and are, are killing with impunity. So we we need um the companies that are investing in my, Myanmar and giving credibility to the government to pull out right uh, immediately um but responsibly we don't just want them to cut and run we need we need a responsible exit from the brands um to be responsible to the workers there but not um 
giving money to the government through whatever way, through taxes or through however however it is, electricity bills, however they are paying, um, you know, they have to leave in order, you know, to undermine the military and to force them to step down is, is essentially our goal in the campaign. Right. Thank you for that, uh, uh, Lauren Kang. Back to you now. Earlier, you described um, your life as a, a garment worker, but then also the campaigning and what the unions on the ground were able to achieve. And I'd like you now to talk to share with our audience a bit of what has happened um, with those rights since the coup. And we also understand that garment workers have really been at the forefront of the resistance uh, movement of the coup and have paid a very heavy price for that. So just tell us what is the situation on the ground now um, with uh, garment workers and and people who um, like the the brands, guest jeans, and they go and get the fast fashion in, in, in Zara and uh, H&M, uh, also Adidas, yeah, people love, love Adidas, they need to know um, what the workers who are producing uh, these items are going through right now. Kang. Yes, um, after the coup, we, uh, in the Sphere Worker Federation of Myanmar, we have a decision, we don't accept the coup, we, we have to fight back. So we organize our members in the government, uh, said government factory, and our member joined the uh, the the demonstration. Since uh, the who happened together with other uh, trade unions and the people from Myanmar. So because of the trade unions, we 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 um, participate in the uh, demonstration. The military uh, trying to arrest all the trade union leaders. And uh, we now the CDUM, IWFM, our trade union federation, uh, confederation level leadership, all have uh, arrested. Some got arrested. And my basketball is cancer. And uh, my, my uh, the CDUM nationalist and the president citizenship was dominated at the factory level. The trade union leaders have been handed by the military. Uh, military, not only at the workplaces, um, but also in the, the at their homes, on their streets. So it has been, until now, it's happening. Uh, they are searching, searching for the trade union leaders. And the, the factory also provide the trade union leader list, uh, member list, uh, in the addresses to the, to the military with the photo of the leadership. So. That's why at the factory level, wobbly level, uh, trade unions cannot operate. And some of the workers, the trade union member, they were arrested within the, while they are working in the factory. Even though they, ha they have been uh, released from the investigation center, they, they are dismissed. So because of trade union leaders are under operation, the, the factories announced collective bargaining agreement where are cancer. And then now workers have to work um, two do less than $2 a day now. And then they are forced to work overtime and without pay. There are many complain the workers did not get their overtime pay. And uh, even though some factory, they, are, they pay overtime, they ask workers to work 
like uh, 13 to 17 hours a day. Now Waka doesn't do not want to work. And uh, now the Sunday is payday, but uh, they all would pay. But uh, the factory, many factory now ask the worker to work on Sunday. So worker doesn't have uh, uh, the time to spend with their family. And also leave, uh, in, including the medical leave, worker are not allowed to take leave. If they take leave, if they are getting sick, they are told not to come back uh, next day or after two days, they, they are dismissed. So it, it is happening. And then because of this situation, now pregnant women workers, they, do, they are not getting maternity leave now. They are separable, the, work, the pregnant women workers, they got dismissed. And then no social security benefits at all now. And uh, the, the physical abuse in, Physical abuse at the workplace are now increasing. Now the workers, there are cases workers, the supervisor throw at the worker with the iron or they beat the worker to their heads or chest. So there are um, a lot of report about the uh, physical abuse. Also, we have got a sexual uh, uh, abuse and uh, we're trying to shut that down, but uh, you know, because of the, the pressure of the management, the, not only the victim, the women workers, uh, that her mother and the brother who are working at the factory have to leave. So that is a situation. And the workers are facing now at the government uh, shutdown. Right. And um, this is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth, and we're doing a special on the crisis of the military coup, military dictatorship happening in uh, Myanmar. And um, this impacts all of us because there are brands, the fast fashion brands like Zara, like H&M, Adidas, um, Guess, they are, uh, you know, products made by garment workers on the ground in Myanmar. And there is a call for them to withdraw from Myanmar, but to do that responsibly, to make sure that the workers uh, are properly compensated and also that they offer humanitarian aid uh, to the workers. Um, in the few minutes, just a few minutes that we have left, time really flies. Laura, I'd, I'd like you to say a little bit about the response, if any, from the UK government, um, from uh, uh, elected officials. Are any of them uh, standing uh, in support of the kinds of demands uh, you're making? We know that in the United States, there is this Burma bill that is in the Senate um, right now. Uh, the bill uh, does call for sanctions, but it doesn't call for the uh, brands to pull out. So uh, just quickly, uh, Laura, what uh, kind of reaction are you getting uh, from elected officials? Um, yes, just very quickly. I mean, the, the, the government has said that the they they're outraged by the coup and that uh they have done some very very limited sanctions mostly on individual generals and their assets here so we um and there are members of the um opposition parties in parliament who um are calling for more action especially since the executions um um this week 
Um, yeah. But especially, I mean, the the actual the UK ambassador in Myanmar was actually kicked out uh, recently um, because he refused to give his credentials to the Myanmar military and they've thrown him out. Um, and uh, he has said, you know, worded a strongly, a strongly worded statement against the, the Myanmar military. And we're expecting the UK to retaliate because there is... Um, uh, there is a, what they call a military attaché here in London who is is based here. And so there are calls for him to be uh, removed and and okay. um, not allowed to be be here any longer. Right. We just have about a minute left. In, and Kang, uh, just the last word. You'll have the last word here. We know the Biden administration, they issued executive orders on blocking property. There is the Burma bill in the U.S. Uh, Senate. We know they don't go far enough. Are you calling on people here in the United States to support those uh, efforts, uh, Kang, and any anything you might want to add to that we just have unfortunately less than a minute before we have to wrap up Kiang. yes um i would like to say that now brand in eu uh standard organization they are trying to have the grievance mechanism to the, the, say the, the, the to put that workout rights but um we cannot put that workout rights under the military under the military dictatorship and uh, why the in the industry zone are under martial law. And uh, where the whenever Waga went on strike, the military present at the factory. So in okay. this situation, in this situation, the, the for the brands, they have to make a decision to leave from Myanmar responsibly. There is okay. no way to do due diligence, human rights due diligence in Myanmar. They are not doing do, doing so. So right. please make a decision and then help the workers. Right. On that note, we are going to have to leave it there, but we're going to have to, we're going to continue to cover this story. We really want to thank the Global Women's Strike for helping us pulling this uh, show together. I'd like to thank both of our guests. We're out of time, so we're going to have to leave it here. If you'd like a copy of today's show, contact the Pacifica Radio Archives at 1-800-735-0230. We'd like to thank Alicia Vargas, our assistant producer. We'd like to thank the board op, our engineer today, Gary Baca. This is your host, Margaret Prescott, who produced today's show. Please stay tuned for Democracy Now! Sojourner Truth. We'll be back in the air tomorrow. Thank you for listening and you all please stay well and safe. Stop